Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's a cold one this year. Mrs. Claus, are you about? Mrs. Claus? Well, I say, what's this? It appears to be a letter. No surprise there, I guess. I am absolutely out of my shithole with letters these days. Oh, it appears to be from Mrs. Claus. My dearest Nicholas, it brings me no joy in writing you this letter, but I feel that I must. It is a means to an end. Many moons have gone by, Nicholas, and wit the waning moon, so the love within our marriage has also faint. I cannot do this any more, Nicholas. I cannot look past your transgressions any more. Seeing what yourself and Prince Andrew have done to our elves. You've diddled them, Nicholas. You've diddled the elves. 364 days a year, yourself and Prince Andrew have diddled our elves. No longer will I turn away. Imagine, Nicholas, one day a year, those poor elves don't get diddled. That's not a life for anybody, Nicholas. You've lost your way. And I'm not blind to the fact either that after your shifts, I've seen you making your way down to Candy Cane Lane. Candy Cane Lane, you say? Yes. And who lives down there? Only Sugar Plum Mary. A whore. A whore is where you've been spending your Christmas evenings, Nicholas, and I cannot do it any longer. And I must confess, Nicholas, my dear Nicholas, I've met somebody, and he makes me very happy. He's an oompa loompa, Nicholas. And he fingered me with his little orange finger. And I liked it, Nicholas. I must say I didn't think that I would at the beginning, but when he really got in there, it... Nicholas, it made me feel things like I felt with you at the beginning of our marriage that I haven't felt in years. So with this, Nicholas, I say goodbye. Tomorrow I leave for the North Pole, and I don't want you to try and stop me. I'm moving to LA, Nicholas, to pursue a career in acting. Goodbye, my sweet Nicholas. Goodbye. Ho, 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 how are you? <laughs> you are very welcome back to the Mind Poppers podcast. It's Christmas, I guess. 
um, first of December when I'm recording. You know, initially I actually had planned for this episode to be about the Nazis, you know, um, to keep in theme with the Christmas spirit. Um, who more so than the Third Reich? But um, you know what? I'm just really focusing all my energy on not killing myself right now. <laughs> no. But you know what I mean, you know, like, this time of the year is hard enough for people as is, there, there's no fucking light, I, I, I woke up today around 3.30pm, you know, and I got the last seven minutes of sunlight, you know, the things that does to a person, Um, and on top of everything that's going on, we're all either, like, out of work or, like, trying to navigate this, like, pandemic, so it's, you know, I feel like there's probably a lot of people feeling the way I am right now. Um, and I spent the last couple of days, because I, I I always, before I do a podcast, if I'm speaking on something, you know, I'll kind of deep dive into it and I'll do, I'll do a lot of research, you know, leading up to an episode. So I spent like the last, I guess, four or five days, like just watching countless Nazi documentaries and documentaries about Hitler, because I wanted to talk about different conspiracy theories within the Nazi party and if you didn't know and I mean you're not going to know because that's not the episode I'm going to do and I'll explain but the the Nazis were big believers Adolf Hitler was a big believer in the occult um and it's actually fascinating the the amount of things like in terms of like witchcraft and their search for the the holy grail and things like the Nazis explored you know during their time in power but I have to say Watching, you know, all these documentaries about Nazi Germany, it didn't, it did not do much to to spur my Christmas spirit, you know, or to cheer me up on these gloomy days. It didn't, you know. The last four days, I have just been sat in front of old archive footage of Nazi Germany, and I can't say it did a whole lot for my mood. It it did not. And maybe had the antithesis. Now at the same time as well, I was like, oh my God, everyone is depressed. And I was like, I'm going on now. And let me just tell you, the episode would have been very fucking interesting because it is all interesting. But I was like, I just don't think I'm in a, in a mental place where I can, I can bang on about Adolf and the lads for an hour, you know? And I don't think anyone needs to be listening to that at this Christmas. And as well, I was like, hmm, I was like, because, you know, I like to laugh or whatever. I was like, hmm, how are we going to make the Holocaust funny? You know? Turns out we're not. <laughs> it's too soon. It's too soon. Um, so instead, what I wanted to do is talk about Christmas. Something that we can all bring together uh, at this time of year. I mean, the stark reality of Christmas is, is that it has become such... Um, Obviously, it's a consumer-driven holiday, you know. It is, I mean, capitalism has completely fucked it from whatever meaning it once had. Um, It's just the amount of money that's spent. Like, her.ie, report, women who write, um, reported, and this was six years ago, okay, that um, Irish people were spending, like, just over a billion on Christmas presents. Like a billion on Christmas presents. And then it's no wonder, you know, that all these like places are coming out with like their Christmas ads, you know, like these, all these ads that everyone's like, oh my God, did you see the, the Tesco Christmas ad and stuff? 
And it's not because all these big organizations want us, you know, to feel the, the joy and spirit of Christmas. This is, you know, one of their biggest selling points, if not their single biggest selling point of the year, you know. Likewise, in the States last year, in, 20, in 2019, it became the first trillion dollar um, holiday. First trillion dollar holiday with the average, like, American, um, like, planning to spend like over 940 something dollars on their Christmas presents, you know, which is a sickening amount of money to be spending on all this shit. And I'm one of those people, I have to say, that because one, I'm an excellent gift giver. I am one of those people. Like you, you want me as your secret Santa because I... I just know, I know how to do it right. I know how to hit it right. I know how to like get you a nice stylish gift while at the same time a sprinkle of like sentimentality on top of it. I know how to do that, you know. I'm great at reading people. Um, but I suppose the thing is about Christmas is is getting the gifts, whatever. You know, it's a hassle, isn't it? It's such a fucking hassle. By the end of your shopping day, you're like, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck what they get, you know. Um... But the thing about it as well is you always, every Christmas, get a gift that you don't want, you know? And it's something I think that we, because I mean, you know, we are, while we are a very outspoken people, the Irish, we're also, you know, kind quite a humble people. And, you know, we have the respect and courtesy to read you when you're not in the room, you know? You know, if we have something to say, we'll wait till you've left the room. Um, like any civilized people. And I think since we are, you know, children, we have been learning, you know, through Christmas, this um, ability to, to to lie, really, you know, when we get the shitty gift and we perfected the, the, the fake smile. And, oh, my God, I love it. I love it. And as soon as they're out of the room, like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? You know, um, so we have been practicing from a very young age about how to feign enthusiasm and gratitude. Because when you, I mean, look, there's nothing worse than getting the, the rotten gift, the gift that nobody wants. And you're like, why would this person even buy that for me? Um, but it's inevitable, isn't it? You always get at least one shitty Christmas present off somebody. And you do, you feign that, oh my God, I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but I've stopped doing that. I've stopped the whole fake enthusiasm thing. You know, if you get me a shitty gift, you're going to know about it. And it's not that I'm going to turn around and be like this ungrateful little wretch and be like, oh my God, I hate it. I hate this gift. Why would you do that to me? No, but instead you do the... You do the half fake smile, you know, like, oh, oh my God, I, I love it. Um, because you want them to know that actually, no, I hate it. I hate this gift. Thank you very much. I hate it. Um, but you still want to keep the niceties and the politeness about you. And they're never going to question it. You know, they're going to be like, oh, you hate it. They won't do that. They'll just be like, okay. And everything smooths over. But at the same time, you have to let people know you know, not so much through words, but at least through facial expressions or whatever, that you do, in fact, hate the gift. And that if you're going to buy for me, then buy better, you know, and buy smarter. And I think that's fair. If people are going to be wasting their hard-earned um, social welfare payment on you, then in the very least, they should be getting you something that brings you some joy, you know? So I would say it is absolutely okay 
to let people know. And all that involves is just doing the deliberate, like, you know what you're doing with your face. You know, that deliberate, like, half smile. Let them know that it's a shitty gift without telling them, you know. Because I suppose Christmas is about making people feel bad on the inside, you know. So you have to let them know. Speaking of bad presents, I remember one year, right? So in our house, like Christmas morning, you'd wake up early. Like my parents would wake me up and we'd sneak down the stairs. All the lights would be off. And the whole thing was you just sneak down because you just make sure that Santa still, like Santa had been and he wasn't still down there. You know, and as a child, it was terrifyingly exciting because like, is he there? Is is he gone? What's going to happen? And you get down the stairs and you see like, the outline of the gifts that Santa left. And and it's incredible. It's an incredible feeling. Remember, and we used to have like Santa sacks. So the presents would be like in kind of like a big sack, you know, like a big red sack, whatever. So you'd be pulling your gifts out or whatever. And I had like one big, huge thing in there, one big box. And I left it for last. I was like, obviously this is the, the if it's the biggest thing in there. So it's obviously going to be the, the piece de resistance of the gifts that Santa brought this year. You know, and the potential, like, in in my child mind, my imagination had just gone everywhere. I mean, it could be anything, really. It really could could have been anything. My imagination was just running wild about these wonderful things that Santa Claus could have brought me. And I pulled it out anyway. And as it turns out, it was like a self-assembled desk. Like a, a desk for, like, doing homework and shit on. And I pulled it out and obviously my parents like saw my face straight away and they were like, oh, what did you get? And I was like, a fucking, a fucking desk, I think. I'm not sure maybe if this is mislabeled or something. Was this supposed to go to like an accountant? Um, And they were like, oh, wow, Santa brought you a desk. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, Santa, Santa hates me. And they were like, no, Santa doesn't hate you. And I was like, Santa fucking hates me like are are you serious why would Santa Claus bring me a fucking desk for Christmas if he didn't think I was a real piece of shit you know Santa thinks I'm a piece of shit and they were like no no he just obviously thought that you needed a desk for your bed and I was like it's self-assemble it's self-a-fucking-semble okay Santa Claus does not bring these fucking pre-packed self-assemble Ikea desks for children that he likes Okay, um, I mean, cause like what a, a desk? Whoa, you know, to incite the, the willful child with spirit in me. Oh, great, you know, a hard piece of fucking wood that I have to build myself to do homework on. That does not sound like a gift to me. It doesn't, you know. I just I wasn't happy at all. And now I I didn't throw a tantrum or anything like that. Like I've said, I've always been a very gracious child. But let me tell you, that morning. Through the fake smile and the glossy eyes, all I could think about was using all the wood that came in that big box for that big old desk as kindling. And I wanted to burn that house to the ground. And you know what? Another important thing to note, right, is while we're talking about Christmas, you know, Christ Mass, celebrating the birth of Christ, you know, you can do as you want. But at the end of the day, it is important to note that Christmas actually is the evolution of a pagan holiday. You know, it actually has very little to do with Jesus Christ or Christianity in any form. But as for most for holidays, you know, including Easter, Halloween, Christmas, what have you, the Christians really just, it took these pagan holidays 
and like rewrote a few things and and made it their own if you get me you know like christmas as we know it today has almost zero to do with celebrating the birth of christ um you know because back you know like around december 25th you know throughout history it was kind of like the way the pagans um traditionally celebrating like the winter the winter solstice um so it really brings about like our inner pagans as we celebrate christmas which i which i do think is nice um but like for example in ancient rome um they used to have a feast called saturnalia and that was the celebrating of the solstice which is basically the day where the sun starts to come back if you get me so when the days start um becoming longer and this was traditionally celebrated in ancient rome on december 25th so when Christianity became like the official religion in a sense in Rome, they were able to fix this date. Um, so there's little to no discrepancy about it, but there's no question of the fact that it was celebrated in Rome as an important day, right? So not only that, but when they celebrated it back in ancient Rome, they celebrated it the 25th of December, okay? So this is pre-Christian, remember, pre-Jesus Christ. They celebrated the 25th of December with gift giving, candle lighting, and singing and decorating houses, okay? So, I mean, what did the Christians do? Everyone around the world now is like, oh, it's a Christian holiday. I mean, it's it's the remix for sure, but I, I would ne- not necessarily call it... Um. A Christian holiday. I mean, I get a lot of Christians celebrate this holiday, but I wouldn't call it a Christian holiday. And that's like uh, me as someone who definitely does not identify as Christian. I think the holiday is kind of open for everybody. And I think that's the beauty of Christmas. I don't think you have to adhere to any particular theological doctrine to, to celebrate the time of year or whatever. And right, as for the Christmas trees, um, the, the Christmas trees, like the evergreen trees throughout the ancient world, they kind of signified a return of life um, and light um, as the winter solstice obviously meant the days were going to be getting longer. So get this, right? Back in the ancient world, they started to hang an apple on it. Um, so they started hanging like these like red apples on their on their evergreen trees, which obviously would become the little red balls, the baubles that like we know today in modern Christmas, um, which signified, you know, life coming back into the world or whatever. And even down to the mistletoe, okay? The mistletoe is something we can thank for the Druids. Um, And they believed that mistletoe was like a a very healing item um, that came from the, the sacred oak tree. So basically, in terms of if you were Druid, you know, back in ancient times, it was like if you met someone in the forest, um, you gave them the sign of the peace under the mistletoe. And that was just kind of a custom that they had. So then eventually that evolved into people bringing mistletoe like above their doorways as like a symbol of peace, you know. And I think as well, there's something with the ancient Egyptians who would bring in these the green, I'm not exactly sure what plant they brought in, but they'd bring in like these green plants into their homes um, around the winter solstice and they would decorate them. And then they would also put like, I think lamb's blood on their doors to like ward off evil spirits or whatever. Again, you can see that like evolution in Christianity with the lamb of God and what have you. So, I mean, the Christians, (laughs) you really didn't come up with that much. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And the thing was, back in the day, people were actually aware of how Christmas was in fact a pagan holiday. Um, And if we look at like the United States, kind of say around mid 17th century, we have this group called the Puritans. And they had launched like their war on Christmas because they were, again, very aware that it was a pagan holiday. And with this, you know, new wave of Christianity, they didn't want people, you know, I guess, retracting back to their pagan roots or whatever. So they knew all these things. They knew the date. They knew the traditions. They were all pagan ideas. So the Puritans banned Christmas for two decades in America just before the celebration just became too popular to, to, I guess, police or whatever. So that's interesting. You know, whatever about the pagans. But I understand that a lot of people, you know, are working really hard during the holidays and are, you know, actually busier than usual. Like Christmas can be a very stressful time work-wise. Now, fortunately, I am not working at the minute. So this will be my first Christmas not working. So I'm kind of excited for that. Um... Because I remember, and I've told this story before, but remember I worked as an elf. Um, this like big five-star resort hotel was doing this like big interactive Christmas one year and had this like famous designer doing it. So we were all, you know, I had gotten the job as an elf. And this was like real, this was like the real deal as in like you were given a backstory, a name, as in like you couldn't break character and we were working like 13 hour shifts. I was like 17 or 18 at the time. It, it Hands down the hardest job I ever had. I've never been so fucking busy. Oh my God. I used to be, what was my name? I think I was named Bushy Evergreen. Um, and sometimes I'd have to play shimmy up a tree and they have like these families like they're like the evergreen families you know like when I tell you how interactive this was I'd say there had to be like 200 people working here okay this was like a big interactive Christmas world I obviously came from the evergreen dynasty you know um you know a family that has made its name for its hard work um its ancestral tendencies and we were renowned um, candy crack cocaine addicts, um, which was lovely. But like I said, it was a very stressful job. And I guess like the mascot of the whole thing was like, it was like a husky puppies. Like there was like a big, um, like there was like a costume, like you'd see like one of those mascots like they wear in the United States for their sports games. And it was like a big husky mascot. And we like literally the elves had to go on strike because they kept putting people in this costume, in this big mascot, okay, with this 
like big husky costume with a big huge husky head on it and people like we were children we kept passing out inside of it because one they couldn't wash it okay the employer said that they couldn't wash it because of what it was made out of or whatever so literally you know we started this thing in November and wrapped up you know just before Christmas in December so there was two months of people wearing this husky costume for like 14 hours a day and you know if not longer and they couldn't wash it so you'd put it on and there was just this big whole drama because the kids kept fainting as they put uh, you know while they were into like an hour into the shift they kept fainting one the overwhelming smell of body odor that was you know in it from the last fucking elf um and again there was no breathing holes or anything it was like you were like suffocating us um so kids kept fainting and passing out which they kind of I mean they didn't really give a shit did they they did not um and as well we had like the piece de resistance for this piece was we had three actual husky puppies so I guess that the this this crowd must have spent like I'm not sure how much like a purebred husky puppy costs these days you know I have to think it's you know somewhere in the ballpark of a thousand euro so we did these three beautiful puppies and as kids would go down the mountain, you know, they'd get to see these puppies and meet them, take a picture with them, hold them, pet them. Eventually the puppies ended up getting sick. I'm not sure if they had pneumonia or what, but again, they were on display for like 14 hours a day, getting handled by all these little brats. Um, so they definitely picked up something. So I'm sure the puppies, you know, were like at one stage, they were, I know that they were sick. Okay, the tail stopped wagging. They could barely stand. I think they were about to die, if I'm being honest. They didn't die. You'll be happy to know. Um, but they definitely got sick, like really bad sick. And one of them actually, I'm not sure, two, they all got adopted anyway. The HR manager actually adopted one of them. And I think the puppy would have rather have died, if I'm being honest, because she was a real cunt. Um, excuse my, excuse my French. But she was, so I have to assume that, you know, the, that puppy should have just been left to the cold and those molly little hands of those little gombean children would have been a better way to go than living a full life with that bitch. Um, but I digress, that's not really in the Christmas spirit. Um, but it was a real, real, real tough job. We had these like trains and everything these like motorized trains that like we'd have to get all the kids onto and stuff. And if you were on the train, you'd play the role of Coco, the train conductor. So your job would be to get, you'd have to get like, you'd be like, okay, kids. And they'd be with their parents, obviously. The train doesn't start until we all start singing, you know? So you'd have to be like, jingle bells, jingle. And all these kids and their parents staring up at you. No one would want to sing along. They're all freezing their tits off. And you'd be like, jingle bells, jingle bells, you know. And no one would, you know, partake. And I have someone then on my walkie-talkie, like one of the bosses being like, if you don't get those cunts to sing, then this train ain't moving. And the whole thing was, they knew that it would take a while for everyone to like start singing. And it was, that's what they wanted because there's such a backlog between the other train that had just reached the top of the mountain. You know, you're trying to keep an ebb and flow to this thing. It's very interactive, very big. 
So I just remember standing there being like, you know, jingle, but through gritted teeth, like fucking jingle bells. I was like, will you just fucking sing it so we can move and get out of this shit heap? Does this look fun for me? Does Coco, the train conductor, look like he's having a good time? No, he's ready to kill himself in the candy cane woods, okay? You know, this is not a good time for me, kids. So if you could just start fucking singing Jing- and then they just start being like, jing- like a low murmur, jingle bells, jing- and you'd be like, up, raise it up. I'd I'd have my boss in the walkie talkie me like, they're not singing loud enough, and I'd be like, I know. Um, and it was oh my god, it was fucking torturous. It was tor- it was just the hardest thing ever. And then at the very beginning, you went into like Santa's interactive workshop. Okay, so like we were cast in there, and we'd have to be like. Um, doing uh, like you have to pretend that you're like basically making toys and fixing toys and it was to the where they had given me a real hammer like an actual hammer and like a plastic toy train something like Fisher Price that you pick up in Smith's so kids would walk in and there's me with a fucking real hammer just like gently knocking on a plastic train um and there and then eventually you have a couple of smart ass kids and like why do you have why, why are you banging that train that's clearly already made with a with a metallic hammer, you know? And it's a Chris, it's nothing short of a Christmas miracle that I didn't cave in those brat skull with said hammer, you know? I'm not afraid to raise my hand to children, especially not at Christmas. That was a real fucking Christmas miracle. And then, because we were all kids, so we'd be drinking, you know, the night before a shift or whatever. And I remember... Um, who was it? It wasn't Mrs. Claus. Um, oh, there was some other bitch in there with us. It wasn't Mrs. Claus. Mrs. Claus was like through the room after the workshop. Who was in the workshop? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Sugar Plum Mary. So the girl who was just Sugar Plum Mary was out on an absolute bender the night before her shift. So she had to run off like 40 minutes into the shift because she was getting sick, okay? So we had no Sugar Plum Mary, you know, in in the workshop. And the whole thing is we needed a Sugar Plum Mary because she did this whole interactive thing with like dough and she'd like make cookies with the kids. And it was an integral part of the whole thing because again, it's the whole thing only works with an ebb and flow. So you're controlling the flow of people. So, you know, we need every interactive station to be present. Otherwise, people are going to go ahead of their time and there's going to be like massive queues or whatever so this cunt okay was off getting sick out the back of the workshop okay who who do you think had to step up step on up and play sugar plum mary me me i had to put on this big red okay get up okay get up and go this big, like, red, like, very unflattering, okay, because essentially it was a fat suit, um, with this, like, little grey, or sorry, with this, like, little red, like, shower cap as well that had sewn in, like, a grey wig underneath it and these little glasses, so there I was as Sugar Plum Mary, um, trying to teach these kids how to make fucking cookies, which, God, I don't even know myself, and I had these big, massive, obnoxious, again, built-in, um, Sugar Plum Mary titties bouncing about as well. Like I was fucking stacked. Um and and trust and believe that I rocked it. I did rock it, you know, Sugar Plum Mary. Um 
was nearly ready to lay down some sugar plum stank, you know, a couple of those parents. Um, definitely, I could have taken to the back of the sleigh. And I could say they were looking as well. They were looking. Um, and what can I say? It was hot. You know, did it feel, I felt like I was gender bending, you know, a little. Um, and I was like really getting into the character, you know, I must say. I was like, I was of course fuming when they first told me that I had to bring Sugar Plum Mary to life. Um, but I was enjoying it so much. There was like a point where I was like, am I trans? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. But I was just enjoying the whole, I guess I, it was a P, it wasn't a gender thing for me. It was more of like a drag thing for me. Um, but it was good. I have to say it was good. The kids enjoyed it. And I guess it was really a testament to my just abilities um, of the theatre, you know? Um, you know, give me a role and I shall make it mine own. And then moving on, of course, to Sani Claus, the man of the hour, old Saint Nick. You know, I wish I could say it was just limited to Christmas, the amount of times I have sat on some fat immigrant's lap and told him all the things I want him to buy me. <laughs> but alas, you know, it's not, it's not just Christmas that I've done that. You know, actually, one of the earliest incarnations, I guess, of the Santa Claus that we know today dates back to the 13th century. Um, and like Santa Claus's roots in kind of like, I think it's from like the Dutch kind of like name for like St. Nicholas was like Sinterklaas. Um, or, you know, St. Nicholas, um, who was like a historic 4th century Greek saint, okay, um, who had a reputation, right, for secret gift giving, such as putting coins in the shoes left out for him. And he became famous for presenting the three impoverished daughters of a pious Christian with dowries so that they wouldn't have to become prostitutes. Okay, get into that. Um, being the patron saint of children, St. Nicholas, as long as being associated with giving gifts to children, the parallels to the modern day Santa Claus don't end there. In this Dutch form of Santa Claus, he was imagined to carry a staff, ride around the rooftops on a huge white horse. Well, that's all you need, isn't it? Is some cunt's hoof blowing a, blowing a hole in your fucking ceiling Christmas day. Um, and he also then had like these mischievous little helpers who listened at chimneys to find out whether children were being bad or good. And he kind of like deep, um, it was linked back then, all his features are linked back like to the Norse god Odin. So again, you do have this interesting like hybrid of Christianity and the pagan ways. Something that never sat right with me though with this whole like oh San like parents like for how long have you used the whole oh well Santa Claus is listening to you do you know Santa Claus is listening or the at the elves are listening and this whole like because you do have a certain fear or anxiety when you are like a child you know when when that world of magic is still a very real possibility to you this whole like the the naughty and nice list do you know and like what constitutes really as naughty and nice you never really got a clarification you know if you didn't eat your vegetables or if you were like given some back sass, you know, you're going to be on the naughty list. But then you like, as a child would watch the news and you see some, some whitey, some cracker in Washington state who just brought in like an AK-47 and shot up his class, you know? So then it would kind of make you think, right, okay, in comparison to the fucking Chris Kringle school shooter, you know, surely it, comparable to his actions, 
my small misgivings surely do not constitute a naughty list, you know, in reality. But I didn't like the whole idea of this whole being monitored, like this fat bastard was watching me, you know, while I slept. He watches you while you sleep, probably at home getting his fucking jollies off. Um, That never sat right with me, to be honest. And again, I just, I was always a person who was like very anti- power systems I was like always you know fighting the man um so the thought that I was being like monitored like big brother and then my parents could like use this whole like oh well you could end up on the naughty or nice list I didn't like that very much at all um but you know what I have taken it upon myself this year to create a naughty or nice list um and it goes as follows Okay, so just a couple of names off the top of my head. I guess we'll start off with the naughty list. And Prince Andrew, naughty for sure. You know, we know that he diddled all those kids on Jeffrey Epstein's private island. So yeah, he's naughty. Dirty Andrew. Um, Okay, again, there's this story that broke a couple of hours ago. So I guess it's in Belgium. They're having some sort of diplomatic meeting. Um... But a Hungarian MEP by the name of Josef Sager. I'm I'm definitely butchering that surname. But Josef, okay, is a conservative Hungarian MEP. He actually helped uh, write into the Hungarian constitution. Um, Hungary shall protect the institution of marriage as the union of man and woman. So he's at this diplomatic meeting with a number of conservative um, politicians from Poland and as we know Poland has a massive anti-LGBT movement going on right now well the three of them I guess were busted um, in what turns out to be some sort of gay gangbang and orgy uh, and was broken up by Belgian poli- police a couple of hours ago so naughty naughty for sure and um, Prince Philip I'm watching the crown right now for the way he treated Prince Charles naughty Uh, The entire cast of Love Ireland, naughty. Ed Sheeran, naughty. Simply for making music. Kamala Harris and Sleepy Joe Biden, naughty. One's a cop, one's a warmonger, naughty, naughty, naughty. Ryan Tuberty, okay, and while I admit the toy show, yeah, I enjoyed it this year. But having to sit down and watch that lanky, coked up fool knock about that stage for, for two and a half hours, I have to say naughty. I have to say naughty. Um, moving on to the nice list. I guess at the top of my... Hmm. Miley Cyrus. It's been a great year for Miley Cyrus. She's released banger after banger. This kind of real rocky kind of real raspy new sound to her voice. I'm very into it. She's a new album, Plastic Hearts, out right now. I'm very into it. So good. A nice list for Miley. Meghan Markle, you know, is the nice list. And maybe from the nice list from here on, she really delivered a great blow to the, the royal family by getting her claws around Harry and getting him to denounce any, um, I guess, ro- not royal ties, but really denounce any royal... <sighs> jobs if that makes sense like they effectively retired from the royal family so they won't be partaking in any royal duties and aren't also entitled to any of the royal money so good for Meghan Markle Adam from the Late Late Toy Show that kid towards the end the kid in the wheelchair personal hero of mine he really saved that show so nicest for sure and I want to say I guess drug dealers everywhere who've been working so hard and not only working hard this Christmas to make sure that we're all 
cracked out of it but for working so hard all year um that is it for me on the mind poppers podcast next week i'm hoping that we will have our first guest ever on the podcast um and i'm really excited about that i think we're supposed to be recording tomorrow in the meantime stay woke even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.